following production is brought to you by Derek Lamont Enterprises, a subsidiary of LDM Entertainment, exclusively licensed for use on Patreon.com. Enjoy the show. This week's episodes are sponsored by Unscripted Roasters, a black, veteran, and woman-owned coffee bean roasting company. For more information, please go to Instagram.com slash Unscripted Barista. Hey everybody, welcome to The Week in Gaming. Of course, my name is Derek. Uh, if you're listening to this on Saturday, you are listening on Patreon.com slash The Derek Lamont Experience. If you're listening to this on Monday or any other day of the week, more than likely you're listening on the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network or on YouTube. Uh, if you want these episodes early as well as exclusive content, please subscribe. Again, Patreon.com slash The Derek Lamont Experience. That's Patreon.com slash The Derek Lamont Experience. Um, wow. Happy Valentine's Day if you're listening to this on Monday. Um... Hope you guys enjoyed the Super Bowl, or if you're listening on Saturday, hope you're going to enjoy the Super Bowl. Um, I know this is a sports desk. Say it, the line is Rams by four. I didn't think Cincinnati could score with Kansas City, but they proved us wrong. Um, so with the line being four, I feel like that's pretty accurate, I guess. Um, if you're listening to this on Monday or something like that, then you obviously know what the outcome is. If, if you listen to this on Saturday, then we're just sitting here in anticipation. But anything... Anyway, this is the week in gaming. We're not here to talk about sports. That's what Sports Desk is for. And if you're listening on the All Our Nonsense Podcast Network or YouTube to hear Sports Desk, you got to subscribe to patreon.com slash the Derek Lamont Experience. Aha. So anyway, my top story, uh, a game that a lot of people thought was not was going to be delayed to 2023. Apparently not so much. We know that Hogwarts Legacy is still supposed to release this year. Uh this article comes from IGN.com. Two signs that could point to uh, toward Harry Potter game's release date. Again, it's common to say Harry Potter because it's uh, the Harry Potter, the Wizarding World universe. I know the Harry Potter introduced us to this, right? It's Hogwarts Legacy. Harry's not going to show up in this game. Hermione, Ron, none of them. At best, Dumbledore. It takes place like 100 years beforehand. So I think you could still get Dumbledore based on his age. But if you're waiting for Harry, Ron, Hermione, Draco, um, Cedric Diggory, Cho Chow, any of those people to show up, they are not going to show up, okay? So if you enjoy Hogwarts, buy the game. If you're just here for the Harry Potter, do not buy the game because you're going to be disappointed. Uh, the story says, despite Warner Media CEO Jason Killer reiterating that Hogwarts Legacy is still on track to release this year, the publisher is yet to give a firm release date on when the game is due. However, new evidence suggests the open-world Harry Potter game could be out as soon as September. The Rowling Library, a literary website that is devoted to promoting the life and works of J.K. Rowling, officially announced a release date for the official art book of Hogwarts Legacy. According to the website, the art and making of Hogwarts Legacy will release on September 6th. Coincidentally, September 1st is back to Hogwarts Day. If you're a Hogwarts fanatic, you would know that. Which marks the day when the fictional characters of the Wizarding World return to Hogwarts. Nevertheless, it is important to note that neither of these things confirm that Hogwarts Legacy will actually release in September. There's always a chance that the game may get delayed into next year, yet we will not know for certain until Warner Brothers officially shares a firm release date for the highly anticipated title. Hogwarts Legacy was of course announced in September 2020 as part of a Sony state of play. The game was originally supposed to come out sometime last year. Around January 2021, Avalanche Software announced that Hogwarts Legacy was delayed into 2022 to give the game the time it needs. Since the delay, not much information has come out for the game itself other than it's still on track for a 2022 release. In November, Warner Brothers General Manager Rachel Walkley said in an interview that the highly anticipated action RPG would launch after the next Fantastic Beast movie comes out. One way or another, 2022 seems like the right time for Harry Potter Hogwarts Legacy to release as shows like 
recently released Return to Hogwarts 20th Anniversary Special demonstrates that Harry Potter nostalgia is currently in full effect. Uh, number one, I'm looking very much forward to this. I'm very much looking forward to this. As far as the game being shown off, there's a state of play in 2020. It was shown there, but I believe this was shown initially at the PlayStation Showcase in which they showed off the PlayStation 5 in June of 2020. I could be wrong. Um... Don't quote me on that, but I believe they showed it off the day they initially showed us what the PlayStation hardware looked like. But again, I could be wrong, so don't quote me on that. But um, if the art book is releasing that day and then back to Hogwarts Day is then around the same time as well, it kind of feels like it's expected to release around that time. You want to keep things within that window. I wouldn't release anything showing detailing the making of the game if I wasn't putting the game out at that time. It just doesn't make any sense because... You want people to be surprised. You want them to play the game and see things. And then you want to take a look at the art book. Um, I can tell you The Last of Us Part Two, Spider-Man 2018, uh, Ghost of Tsushima. I have the art books for all of those. I got the collector's edition. I didn't look at the art books or any of that stuff until I actually finished the game. Uh, Spider-Man, when you open up the package, uh, there's a Spider-Man statue and there's a disclaimer sitting on top of it saying, do not open this until you finish the story because it shows off, obviously we're past that point, but it shows off, the statue has Rhino, Doc Ock, I think Shocker or Scorpius. I forget who else is on the statue. I, it's not in my eyesight right now, so I can't see it, but if you open that before playing the game, it spoils a good portion of the game because when you go to the raft, that's when the Sinister Six forming basically happens and that's the big shocker of the game and that's i think exactly the midpoint or something like that so i don't know i don't know anybody that will release an art book for a game that's not out yet i think you'd have to push that as well i think that they believe that september is a fair time um especially with it that'll be exactly two years it'll be two years if it was shown off in september i part of me remembers uh, june but that would be two years uh giving them enough time to finish things up and, and clean things up and stuff like that in the game. So hopefully we do get it this year. I don't want to see the game get delayed. I really, really want to play that game this year, but we'll see. Uh, my next story, uh, this is from Gaming Bible. Bully 2 still in development despite GTA 6 announcement, says Insider. This is very interesting. Uh, GTA 6 might be the focus, but Rockstar hasn't forgotten about Bully 2. Since Rockstar's announcement of GTA 6's development, Bully fans have been left wondering if anything was ever happening at all. Care to explain, underscore Tom Henderson, uh, were you trolling us the whole time or did you in fact have information about Bully 2? Tweeted Bully 2 source. Looks like GTA 6 is Rockstar's next focus point, so I'd love to know more about what you meant. The leaker, however, stands by his original claims. Sorry, where did today's announcement say that it's Rockstar's next focus point? They said GTA 6 is in development and has been in development for some time at this point. I still stand by that, that there's something going on with the Bully series, replied Henderson. Um, so here's the thing with Bully. They've been saying this for a while. Uh, it's like, no, we're getting Bully. We're definitely getting Bully. Bully 2 is coming. Bully 2 is coming. It's in development. We saw apparently leaked concept art, going back to the art thing where it was supposed to be a female protagonist, it looked like. Um, I'm not going to say it looks cell-shaded because it's a concept art. In, in the game engine, it could look completely different, but it did look good. I like Bully. I didn't play it when it first came out. Um, I saw it on, on sale in the PlayStation Store 
during the PS4 generation, I was like, I'll give this a try. It's a really cool game. The only problem is it was released during the PlayStation 2 era, so on the PlayStation 4, doesn't hold up that well, controls the camera, stuff like that. But what I did play, which is a great portion of the game, was really, really fun. So would I like to see um, a Bully 2? Absolutely. At some point, I'm going to sit down and clear a bunch of the games on my backlog. I did that a few months back, and then I took a break to do some recording and work on this film and get this film put out and stuff like that. And I recently just wrote a script for a short film and read a phenomenal script for another film and stuff like that. So I've had to kind of pivot on a lot of things. And the thing that has unfortunately fallen by the wayside is a lot of my time being able to actually sit down and play games. Um, so I am going to finish this. There's also been rumors of a bully remaster coming to current gen consoles and things like that, which would be interesting to see as well. So... If this is something that Rockstar really is going to invest in, by all means, I'm 100% all in on this. From what I played, I love the game. Would I like to see Bully 2? Absolutely. Rockstar is so big now, they have acquired all these other studios and stuff like that and made them part of the Rockstar family, but I don't know how big they were during the PS2 generation, but they put out a lot of fucking games that generation. The Grand Theft Auto Trilogy, Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, San Andreas... Manhunt, Bully, uh, The Warriors, um, they put out a lot of content. It's just surprising that now that the studio is bigger, that it's less content. But they are focusing on one IP at a time, it seems, and they want it to be as big as possible. Red Dead Redemption 2 was worked on by every Rockstar Games studio, and it was a very cinematic effort. So I get where they're pushing the talent and also at the same time, while that's coming out, they still have to support Grand Theft Auto V online. So I understand that. Um, they haven't really supported Red Dead 2 online. We all know that. Um, would I like to see them focus on more IP? Absolutely. I think we all kind of want that Rockstar heyday to come back. If you remember playing on the PlayStation 2 or the original Xbox and stuff like that. Um... Do we want to see that heyday come back? Yeah, absolutely. Do I think it's going to? No, I think they're going to continue to focus on one, maybe two IP at a time and do the best that they can with their studios. But they're making these really big cinematic games and it takes a while to put those out. Think about, it took, Red Dead Redemption 2 was uh, was announced in October of 2016 and came out October of 2018. Um, and the script for that, 100 pages and stuff like that, or I actually... No, I think it may have been a thousand pages upon original completion. Um, and when you think about all the side quests and stuff available in Red Dead Redemption 2, you can see why the script was so big. So if they're going to do Bully 2 at the same time they're doing GTA 6, it's probably in their best interest to release Bully 2 first before releasing the next uh, GTA. That just makes more uh, most sense to me. I know I don't get to decide how they spend their money and I don't get to delegate uh, talent and things like that over at Rockstar and I'm you know, obviously not uh, employed by Take-Two either so I don't have a, a horse in this race at all but I think if they want to get the most out of their, their devs then yeah, you should have a team solely working on Bully 2 and then when that team finishes up they can lend their support to GTA 6. Um... But yeah, I would love to see another Bully game as far as GTA 6. I've gone on and on about what I would like to see and what I don't want. I don't want the three characters again. I was really glad they didn't do that with Red Dead Redemption 2. The closest they got is you playing as John Marston for the uh, the epilogue and stuff like that. So 
I don't know. Um, it would be really exciting to see another Rockstar IP come out, though. And it would be exciting for them to support another IP instead of just supporting Grand Theft Auto Online because it seems to me that's all that they're doing. But anyway, I digress. Uh, <clears throat> the good folks over at Sony AI unveils Gran Turismo Sophie, a breakthrough in AI. Demonstrates the power of AI to deliver new gaming and entertainment experiences. Um, this is from Sony AI, Polyphony Digital, and Sony Interactive Entertainment. February 9th, 2022, Sony, a Sony AI together with Polyphony Digital and Sony Interactive Entertainment today announced a breakthrough in artificial intelligence called Gran Turismo Sophie, or otherwise known as GT Sophie, the first superhuman AI agent to outrace the world's best drivers of the highly realistic PlayStation 4 racing simulation game Gran Turismo Sport. GT Sophie aims to deliver new AI-powered gaming experiences to players all around the world. What is GT, uh, GT Sophie? It's an autonomous AI agent trained utilizing a novel deep reinforcement learning de platform developed in collaboration between Sony AI, PDI, and SIE. Each group contributed to the success of the project by bringing together expertise in fundamental AI research and development, hyper-realistic uh, real-world racing simulator, and infrastructure for massive-scale AI training. GT Sophie was trained to master the following drivers, driving skills needed to compete with the world's best championship-level drivers. Number one, race car control. Number two, racing tactics. Number three, racing etiquette. Um, race car control, deep understanding of car dynamics, racing lines, and precision main, uh, maneuvers to conquer challenging tracks. Racing tactics, split-second decision-making skills in response to rapidly evolving racing situations. GT Sophie showed mastery of tactics, including slipstream, passing, crossover passes, and even some defensive maneuvers such as blocking. Racing etiquette, essential for fair play. GT Sophie had to confirm, uh, conform to highly refined but imprecisely specified sportsmanship rules, including avoiding, avoiding at-fault collisions and respecting opponents' driving lines. Sony AI and its partners built a novel deep reinforcement learning approach and platform since no existing combination of algorithms and infrastructure could solve this challenge. Mastering the complex sport of race car driving and the highly realistic driving simulator on Gran Turismo Sport represents, represents a new breakthrough in AI. And as such, as it is published today in Nature in an article titled Outracing Champion Gran Turismo Drivers with Deep Reinforcement Learning. Um, quote, Sony's purpose is to fill the world with emotion through the power of creativity and technology. And Gran Turismo Sophie is a perfect embodiment of this, said Kenishiro Yoshida, Chairman, President, and CEO of Sony Group Corporation. This group... I'm sorry, this group collaboration in which we have built a game AI for gamers is truly unique to Sony as a creative entertainment company. It signals a significant leap in the advancement of AI while also offering enhanced experiences to GT fans around the world. Gran Turismo Sophie is a significant development in AI whose purpose is not simply to be a better, uh, be better than human players, but to offer players a stimulating opponent that can accelerate and elevate the player's techniques and creativity to the next level said Hiroki Katano, CEO of Sony AI. In addition to making contributions to the gaming community, we believe this breakthrough presents new opportunities in areas such as autonomous racing, autonomous driving, high-speed robotics, and control. AI research is a good opportunity to really think about what it means to be human and how technology and society can better coexist, said Kazunuri Yamauchi, president of Philiphony Digital. Since its first release in 97, the Gran Turismo franchise has continued to push the boundaries of gaming and innovation through a curiosity for technology. Gran Turismo Sophie is a further demonstration of this philosophy, and I believe that this AI concept will contribute to both the future of games and automobiles. Um, there's a lot more that goes on. I will actually post the link in the episode details. Um, I don't know. This seems cool, I guess. 
uh, I'm on the fence on whether I'm going to play Gran Turismo. I'm, I don't go that hard for super, super sim racers. Um, it's the same way with Forza Motorsport. I prefer, I prefer Forza Horizon over Forza Motorsport. It's a lot more fun. Um, guys that spend a lot of money on racing wheels and stuff like that, this is something that's going to benefit players like that. I'm not that type of person. Um, and that's not, that's not to shit on those people. It's just that I haven't delved into that, you know. Um, but I can see how this would be beneficial to some people. And I think some people are really, really going to enjoy this. Um, interesting enough, they said Gran Turismo Sport in the PlayStation 4. So is this not implemented into Gran Turismo 7 is my question. That's what it kind of sounds like. I don't know if this is something they, they can put in later by an update, patching it in. That would be interesting to see. I guess we're going to find out at some point. Um, but this should be interesting. But again, we are, boy, we're less, less than a month from Gran Turismo 7. So hearing about this today on February 9th, and that game is releasing next month, I don't know if it's there day one. This feels like something that if they're going to use it in the game, it's going to be patched in with an update. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, my next story comes from Gaming Bible. Xbox confirms Call of Duty and other Activision games will remain on PlayStation. The biggest question in the industry since the acquisition of Activision Blizzard has been this. Gaming Bible says Microsoft has confirmed that Activision Blizzard titles will remain on PlayStation beyond existing agreements. We know that they had said they plan to honor all current agreements, which means the next three years of Call of Duty and stuff like that. Beyond that, we did not know. Now they're saying they're going to go forward. Just like with the Bethesda Zenimax acquisition, Deathloop exclusive to PS5 and PC for the first year. It'll come to Xbox next year. Uh, Ghostwire Tokyo, I believe, is going to be the same situation. So they honored those those existing agreements, and then certain titles would be exclusive to the Xbox console market or PC. Well, now we have an answer on this. This is the first official confirmation we've had that series like Call of Duty and Overwatch will remain on Sony's console, despite Microsoft's historic acquisition of Activision Blizzard for nearly $69 billion. Microsoft President Brad Smith confirmed the news in a piece published explaining how the company aims to get regularity approval for its takeover. To be clear, Microsoft will continue to make Call of Duty and other popular Activision Blizzard titles available on PlayStation through the term of any existing agreement with Activision. Uh, Smith writes, and we, this quote, and we have committed to Sony that we will also make them available on PlayStation beyond the existing agreement and go into the future so that Sony fans can continue to enjoy the games that they love. This is awesome. It's worth noting that Smith doesn't say all Activision Blizzard uh, titles will remain uh, multi-platform. While Call of Duty might well continue to release on PlayStation, there's no way that Microsoft won't make sure at least one or two classic Activision franchises become Xbox exclusive. And I agree with that. I think that the backlash, if they took Call of Duty off of PlayStation, would have been really, really bad. And also now the FTC is looking into the deal, the Federal Trade Commission. Some people think that they were not going to you know, allow this deal to go through because of the fact that Microsoft could, in fact, pretty much create a conglomerate. You know, um, if you can't play Starfield on a PlayStation, okay, that's fine. The game was in development for PlayStation. I, I would have to assume they were working with PlayStation 5 dev kits, Xbox Series console dev kits, and also working on it for PC and stuff like that. And then it's just like, hey, guess what? That's no longer happening. Um... This is not, I don't think this is an answer to the Sony acquiring Bungie thing. I think Microsoft is just kind of seeing the light that they don't want to lock people out. Um, there'll be a little more on this going forward because 
it seems Microsoft actually wants to bring Call of Duty to uh, Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard games to Nintendo consoles. And this comes from IGN. Microsoft wants to make Call of Duty and other Activision Blizzard titles, uh, wants them to make their way to Nintendo consoles like the Switch. Putting current Activision Blizzard games on as many systems as possible is the goal Microsoft wants to achieve after its monumental takeover goes through company president Brad Smith told CNBC. Here's the thing. For the game to run the same that it does on PlayStation and Xbox hardware and PC to run on a Switch, it's not going to be a cartridge. It's going to be another one of those Switch situations where you stream the game. That's the only way this works, in my opinion. Um, Smith said, and I quote, One of the things we're being very clear about as we move forward with the regulatory review of this acquisition is that great titles like Call of Duty from Activision Blizzard today will continue to be available on the Sony PlayStation, which we just covered. We'd like to bring it to Nintendo devices. We'd like to bring the other popular titles that Activision Blizzard has and ensure that they continue to be available on PlayStation. They become available on Nintendo. Call of Duty games have appeared on Nintendo consoles before, but not with huge regularity. The last Call of Duty game to appear on Nintendo platform was Call of Duty Ghosts in 2013, and that would have been on the Wii U. Uh, many have pointed to the company's takeover, uh, take, excuse me, takeover of Bethesda and the announcements that one of its most anticipated games would be Xbox exclusive as proof of Microsoft's intent for Activision games. However, Smith cited a different example, saying that after the company bought Mojang in 2014, Minecraft actually extended its reach and became available in even more places. When the deal first game went down, there were some technical issues, so the episode that, that week didn't get posted. The following week, I talked about it, and I said I expected them to kind of go the same route with Minecraft, where they kept it on Nintendo as well Sony, so that's a point for Derek. Uh, what we've done with that acquisition, Smith explained, I think is a clear indicator of what we hope to do if we acquire Activision Blizzard, namely invest even more in innovation, bring it to more people, bring it to more platforms, make it even more useful and hopefully delight uh, for the people who use it. Um, again, Microsoft's acquisition of Blizzard will reportedly be reviewed by the U.S. Federal Trade Commission as it considers taking a more aggressive stance on big tech mergers. But CEO Satya Nadella doesn't seem to believe the review will find issues. Xbox boss Phil Spencer recently tweeted that he intends to honor all existing agreements between Activision and Sony. Yesterday, Microsoft went further saying it had made a commitment that Activision games will continue to remain on PlayStation console, and that's something we already talked about. Um, yeah, kudos to Microsoft. A lot of people I know would not have done this. They'd be like, no, 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 I spent the money for a reason. I'm keeping all this shit. Like, you know, suck it. Too bad. Uh, a lot of people were like, this is bullshit. People that some people would call Xbox, they're like, this is bullshit, blah, blah, blah. We don't get Spider-Man. We don't get Wolverine. We don't get this. We don't get that. We don't get Ratchet and Clank. To that, I say this, buy a PlayStation. To the same people who would have been crying if it had went to Xbox, kind of a different situation considering Spider-Man or Wolverine are being built by Sony Studios, by Insomniac. And I'm not, this is not me shifting allegiance to Sony like, oh, this is what's happening. It's a bit different because it's homegrown and it's, it's IP that's built from a Sony studio. This is a bit different because Microsoft is just now attempting to acquire Activision Blizzard and Call of Duty. The home of Call of Duty for the PlayStation 4 for the last generation was the PlayStation 4. So much as it was the official, like PlayStation was head of the Call of Duty League and all that stuff. So it's a bit different. But if you can't play it, Buy another console, like buy the console or build a PC. I'm going to tell you guys that right now. There's a reason to have every console. Act, my, Microsoft might indeed talk to Nintendo about getting Call of Duty on the Switch. That does not mean that Nintendo is going to be like, yeah, we'll go ahead and put Zelda on a PlayStation and Xbox. No, they know that that's the only reason that people have to go out and buy a Nintendo. Pokemon, Mario, Zelda, Smash Brothers, 
Splatoon is now in that group as well. Kirby, etc., etc. Those games have grown the Nintendo brand. If you remember, playing on the NES, you had Castlevania, Double Dragon, uh, Ninja Gaiden, all that stuff. Eventually, when more uh, hardware became available, it was weird seeing um, Ninja Gaiden on an Xbox. You know what I mean? Because... Generally, as somebody who's been around as long as the NES, you think about it as an NES game, but that's because they were the main player in town. Sega had yet to earn market share in the U.S. When Sega earned market share, then we got multi-platform titles, but a lot of that stuff was akin to the Nintendo consoles. It was weird seeing people play Mega Man on other consoles, even though I'm not a Mega Man fan. Castlevania, stuff like that, so... There's the belief by a lot of people that this is consolidation of assets to keep companies like Tencent, Amazon, Google, and Apple out of the gaming landscape. And this is Sony, Microsoft, and Nintendo playing nice to make sure that Amazon and Google and Apple don't try to swallow them whole. So the enemy of my enemy is my friend. It's one of those situations, and this is a clear indication of that. Um... My next story, also from Gaming Bible, L.A. Noir and Max Payne sequels teased by Take-Two Interactive. That just made the hair stand up on the back of my neck. It would seem that Rockstar Games hasn't quite forgotten what a sequel is after all. During a company earnings call earlier this week, Take-Two CEO Strauss Zelnick told investors that the company hasn't forgot about its vast library of established IPs and mentioned that there are plenty of games in its back catalog that would benefit from sequels. Sequels, I'm sorry. We have the strongest and most diverse pipeline in our company's history. Compromised of new intellectual properties as well as sequels to many of our beloved franchises, Zelnick said. We look forward to delivering many of these titles in the coming months and beyond. While the CEO didn't specifically mention any franchises by name, the company's slide included images of three beloved Rockstar games. L.A. Noir, Midnight Club, and Max Payne 3. So, this is very interesting. I would love to see another Max Payne, right? Um, L.A. Noir, really, really like that fucking game. Would love to see another one. Uh, the main character is actually played by a guy that I really love. He played Ken Cosgrove in Mad Men. Mad Men is one of the greatest fucking shows. You should go watch that right now. It's on Amazon Prime for free. You don't even have to have Prime to watch it. There's ads, but you can watch it. Um, Midnight Club, hmm, I don't know. Uh, that one, that, that's a tough one because you have Gran Turismo, you have Forza Motorsport and Forza Horizon. Do you want to throw another racing franchise in there? I don't know. That's a big question, but I know a lot of people really love Midnight Club. I know everybody was psyched when they had the dub edition because dub magazine was huge during that time. So, yeah, I think a lot of people might want to see a lot of these IP. I would really love to see them. Um, but, you know, going forward, I'm not in charge of the company. Um, I wish, but I don't have a, a say-so or what goes on there or what happens. Um I'm not sure what's going to happen going forward, but yeah, I would love to see a sequel to a lot of these games. So I'm really hoping that this actually happens. Um, so I'm going to end it with the Nintendo Direct. I actually mistakenly thought it was the day I was recording, so I held off recording to watch it. And now it's like I saw these announcements. I was like, oh, shit, that was today. I was wrong. So Nintendo Direct February 2022, the biggest announcements, all the news, new games and announcements from Wednesday's 40 minute showcases via Polygon. Uh, the first Direct of the year dished up 40 minutes of new game announcements, though fans will have to wait a while longer if they were hoping to hear from Metroid Prime 4 or learn about the sequel to Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild. Temper your expectations, I kept telling you guys. Fans of Splatoon, Xenoblade Chronicles, and Fire Emblem didn't go home empty-handed, however, and sports fans even have two things to cheer for later this spring. Uh, Xenoblade Chronicles 3 is coming in September. 
Um, it launches this fall. Monolith Soft announced the story will show what's become of the worlds of Xenoblade Chronicles and Xenoblade Chronicles 2. It's a sprawling war-torn war world filled with giant war machines, so this should be interesting. Uh, Splatoon 3 arrives this summer. It's crazy how they're pumping out Splatoon. Like, Splatoon came at basically the end of the Wii U life cycle, and they've pumped out three in this time, and we can't get a new Zelda game or Mario, but whatever. Announced one year ago during the February 2021 Nintendo Direct, uh, Splatoon 3 got a launch window and a two-minute trailer on Wednesday. Excuse me, it's arriving this summer. Sorry, no uh, date more specific than that. The fan-favorite Salmon Run mode from Splatoon 2 is back, though, under the name Salmon Run Next Wave. A Wii U sports sequel is coming to the Nintendo Switch. This is awesome. Uh, I'm sorry, Wii sports sequel, not Wii U. Nintendo Switch Sports, a follow-up on the immensely popular Wii Sports series, launches April 29th, and we'll have a beta test later this month. Sports appearing in the anthology, including tennis, soccer, badminton, volleyball, and bowling, the latter of which is getting a variant called Survival Bowling, sounds like the Lord of the Flies meets your Tuesday League. I'm not a bowler, so I don't know much about this. I didn't actually, that was one of the Wii Sports titles I didn't regularly play. I did the baseball all the time, and I did the fitness, and it'd be like, I think I was like 20... 24 when the Wii came out and doing the exercise stuff and it'd be like your age is 39 I'd be like I'm fucking 24 what do you mean my age is 39 so like that was the challenge to make sure you got your age back where it was supposed to be and stuff like that Wii Sports and Wii Fit was awesome this is really fucking cool I'm psyched that this is coming back uh Mario Strikers Battle Battle League laces up June 10th happy birthday to yours truly Summertime has been a great window for Nintendo Mario Sports subgenre. Sub it's back again in June with Mario Strikers Battle League on Nintendo Switch. The 5 on 5 soccer variant emphasizes goal scoring and heavy action with its assortment of special moves and power up items. It's been 15 years since the last Mario Strikers title, uh, which was 2007's Mario Strikers Charge for the Wii. Um, I've, never, I've never played Mario Strikers, but it looks kind of fun. I don't know. We'll see. No Man's Sky is coming to the Nintendo Switch. Hello Games Space Exploration Survival Epic celebrates its sixth birthday with a launch this summer on Nintendo Switch. The No Man's Sky Nintendo Switch edition will include the past five years of updates for PlayStation, PC, and Xbox versions of the game. In 2021 alone, Hello published four major updates, Frontiers, Prisms, Expeditions, and Companions, bringing new gameplay and visuals to the game. Fire, Emblem's Warrior, Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes arrives in June. This is a follow-up to the 2019 tactical RPG Fire Emblem Warriors Three Houses. Fire Emblem Warriors Three Hopes is a different story set in the same universe, starring some familiar faces as well. It's a Musou game starring Byleth, Eldegard, Dimitri, and Claude from Houses. Um, it is, it's a tactical RPG, which I'm not a fan of. I love Final Fantasy, so I was like, oh, Final Fantasy Tactics, I love this. And I was like, I do not love this. And I took it, promptly took it back to Blockbuster before it was even due back. So, uh, Fire Emblem, the characters look really cool in Smash Brothers, but the game itself just not for the kids. So, I don't know. Um, Advance Wars 1 plus 2 Reboot Camp launches in April. The remaster of the first two games in the Game Boy Advance's Advance Wars series will launch on April 8th. New features include voiceover lines for all the games, games commanding officers, plus a custom map generator, generator and the ability to redo turns that have gone disastrously wrong. Local and online multiplayer are also supported. Uh, Mouthful Mode highlights the latest trailer for Kirby. Kirby's newest 3D platforming adventure is the Switch, Switch's next major release. That's March 25th. Nintendo highlighted the game with one more trailer showing Kirby's even more voracious appetite. He's able to swallow a car and a vending machine. That's cool, I guess. Not a big Kirby fan either. 
Portal and Portal 2 ported to the Switch as if I could give a shit. I'm not going to lie. I'm not a Portal fan. Uh, I don't care. It's The game's just not interesting to me. I don't know. Uh, it's called the Portal Companion Collection. Portal launched 15 years ago and has been nearly 11 since Portal 2. Both make their debut on Nintendo Switch and the Portal Companion Collection launching later this year. Portal 2 will support local, online, and split-screen multiplayer. Exact timing and price were not announced. Congrats to Portal fans, I guess. Do you remember when I talked about in other episodes how the Switch feels like a big port machine? Another one of those reasons. And this was the big news for me. Um, actually, I'll go over another one. Metroid Dread free update takes it easy and dishes it out. Um, we didn't get one piece of news. Zilp, zilch, nothing about Metroid Prime 4. Instead, Nintendo offered a free update arriving later Wednesday for Metroid Dread, the 2D side-scroller that launched in October. Metroid Dread will get a rookie mode to help folks who have found the notoriously difficult game too tough uh, to tame. For Masochist, there's a one-hit kill Dread mode. That's interesting. I'm going to have to pick that up. I keep saying I'm going to get the game and I keep bullshitting. I got to play Metroid Dread, so I have to pick that up. And the big one, a lot of people thought we were getting Mario Kart 9 news. Did I feel like it was about time? Yeah, considering Mario Kart 8 actually came out in 2014 and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is just the port of the Wii U version. However, it was not meant to be. Uh, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe is getting DLC through 2023. This is actually really cool, so I'm going to dust off the Mario... Well, I actually have a digital download, so I'm good. A total of 48 new courses for Mario Kart 8 are included in the Mario Kart 8 Deluxe Booster Course Pass, which will launch, launch in six batches of eight maps each from March 18th until the end of 2023. The first wave will include Wii Coconut Mall, N64 Choco Mountain... Tour Tokyo Blur and five others. The rest of the booster course pass includes tracks from Super Mario Kart, Mario Kart Super Circuit Mario Kart 64, Mario Kart Double Dash, Mario Kart DS, Mario Kart Wii, Mario Kart 7, and Mario Kart Tour. So we're going to get a lot of Mario Kart DLC, um, but we're not getting anything on Mario Kart 9. So again, I tell you guys all the time, when I do these, when there's a Nintendo Direct coming up or we're uh, uh, coming up on E3 or... Pairs Games Week, Tokyo Game Show, all that stuff. Temper your expectations. Just because you think they should show it doesn't mean they're going to show it. People have literally been saying we're going to get Metroid Prime Trilogy for the longest on the Switch, and it is still yet to happen. Do we know if that game even really exists? You know, uh, we still don't know anything about Metroid Prime 4 except that they had to restart development. Like, games can be in development hell, and they can be restarted, and they can come out fine. Look at Final Fantasy VII Remake. Even though I don't like the fact that they kind of tilted the story a bit, I still enjoyed the game. Um, but Metroid Prime 4 could rebound. We don't know. We'll have to wait and see. But again, guys, every time they announce a direct, you're like, yeah, we're definitely getting this this time. This person said this, and they've got a good track record with their leaks. Temper your expectations. Until you hear it from the big folks over at the Big N, uh, Sony, or Microsoft, just don't go sprouting stuff off. Now, the funny thing with E3, a lot of stuff does leak like the day of the conferences or the day before. The The name of the Project Scorpio Xbox leaked the morning of the Xbox show and the price. Uh, $500, Xbox One X. And then, lo and behold, when we got on stage, $500, Xbox One X. Right? So a lot of that stuff does happen. I remember the Resident Evil 2 remake. Uh, we knew we were getting that at E3 because a some merch and clothing line stuff leaked that week. So it's like, okay, we're going to see this. Everybody's like, what are you excited to see? Resident Evil fucking 2. Resident Evil 2. Show me that and show me Final Fantasy 7 Remake if you want. But I'm here for Resident Evil 2. So a lot of times those leaks do actually happen and they mean something. And a lot of times it's just a bunch of fodder. So 
again, temper your expectations. As for yours truly, that's all the time I've got for today. I will catch you guys next week. Uh, happy Super Bowl weekend, everybody, and happy Valentine's Day, you guys. As always, believe in yourself first and foremost, because if you don't believe in yourself, nobody else will believe in you. My name is Derek, and I'm out of here. Peace out.